This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Yo, what's up? It's Boy LA, aka the Love Ambassador, coming to you straight, live, and direct from the Jungle Studios. Now, I know it's been a little bit of time. Unfortunately, I was out with the uh, COVIDo, uh, still a little bit of a cough, so apologies if I, you know, try my best to get through this uh, this one today. But rest assured, we have the host with the most, my dearest friend. And a man who, quite frankly, I really love listening to him on our podcast. The one, the only, Mr. Philly. How you going, man? Hey, man. I have a lot to talk about, Mr. Triple oh, Boosted. Quadruple do. Boosted, what are you? Uh, well, you know, the funny thing is I didn't get my booster shot. And my sister, who's a doctor, proceeded to tell me that I'm a effing idiot. I can now get diabetes, long-term COVID. I'm going to die and... Please pray to God that it's not going to attack everything within my internal systems. But uh, so far, you know, touch wood because who knows what's inside of me. Uh, I just had about three days where I was knocked out and then, yeah. Yeah, like I said, just the dry cough afterwards. However, let's go straight into it now because it's catching up with my buddy last night, you know, cruising around, go for a dinner. And he goes, listen, mate, it's been like probably two years since I've been out because Melbourne was in lockdowns. Um, I don't know if I really want to be like packed clubs, but I wouldn't mind going to bars and restaurants and getting out and about and, you know, trying to find a bit of a uh, bit of love. Yeah, of course. And he said, oh, but he said, oh, man, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit worried now about this monkey pox that's coming out. So, you know, the media has sufficiently done a great job of uh, making us believe that it's going to be rampant and we're all going to be taken out. But from what I can tell, a, it's apparently sexually transmitted, and B, uh, it doesn't really seem to be quite kind of cray-cray. What's, uh, what's your thoughts on the matter, apart from some good memes coming through? <laughs> there are some quality memes. Uh, I think I am very disappointed, as usual, in the gullibility of the masses. I, I'm, I am beyond blown away that this is even a topic of discussion because not only, like in the US, they're trying to blow it out of proportion, right? They're like, oh, monkeypox is coming. So everyone's like, oh, how many cases of monkey, monkeypox? It must be an emergency if they're just trying to talk about it on the news about monkeypox in the US. One, one case. What? One. What do you mean one case? We have one Are case. Are you fucking kidding me? When they started talking about it, there was one case with four suspected and they put that they put that on the television. Like so far, the CDC confirms man. one case. It's like anybody, I, I, dude. I'm at the point now where I just don't know how to reason with people because, like, you just you really see, you know, who just will believe anything they're fed. And like, I'm sorry to say, the whole COVID thing. I could see more and more people waking up to it that it's a fucking scam. You go on Reddit, there's so many people now all saying like, oh, fucking booster, fucking COVID, fuck with the government for doing that. Like, they're all pissed off because they know what's going on. You got people suffering from side effects that nobody wants to talk about, blood blood clotting. Then they want to talk about long COVID. What about all the long-term shit that could happen from taking three, four shots, right? There is reports and studies coming out of the UK saying, oh yeah, repeated boosters could damage your immune system permanently. 
permanently. So who's to say that now all these people catching all these other fucking diseases is monkeypox and shit isn't because they fucked the immune system up by telling people to go get four shots of prototype shit. It's all experimental. So uh, look, I do, look, I do, I, I do know there are a lot of cases, and, and again through my my sister, that people have had um, long COVID, and I, I even know um, Mate, one of my what's buddies. Long lived, COVID? Lived in, what's well, long one of my COVID? buddies, one of my buddies lived in Germany, and for example, like his friend uh, was a nurse. She was in her mid twenties, and this is before the vaccines came out, and her heart, like she didn't get this is before vaccination, right? Her heart is now like the valves or whatever are completely fucked and she can't do anything. And people have had like long-term fatigues and everything like that. So the way that that I see it is that I think at the start, um, I think at the start there was the, the, the early strands up to probably Delta from even people that I know that have got Delta were really bad. So I, I think it, it, it comes down to now the question of um, having Omicron. Look, let's, let's work with the case, like I said, uh, God willing and blessed and touching wood and all that sort of stuff that it hasn't um, attacked my internal organs, blah, 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 right? Omicron from what I had was basically three days. My throat was completely fucked. Um, I could still move around, but I was like, no, you know what? I'll rest it up. And like I said, an annoying cough. So after that, um, you know, usually with vaccines, it's, it's it's like three vaccines that you get. But even when you talk to the doctors now, like I went to the doc because I'm going to as a, to Tanzania for Max Wedi, right? Yeah. And he was like, "Look, get the third because, mate, the fourth is like it's getting a little bit crazy. We're not doctors and we don't know, but I just disagree with." anything being on a continuous boosters. I mean, look, you can argue with the flu vaccine, but then my argument would be with, with the flu vaccine is that that's been around for, fuck, 40 years? You know what I mean? Like, it's been around so long <laughs> that the, the long-term health implications, we would have seen seen it by now. Um, so I guess, uh, you know... I guess it's it, it's such the, the problem that I have. I think it's like you and I are prime examples, right? We've now just had a discussion of two opposing views, relatively opposing views, yeah. Mm. But we did it in a a friendly way. Uh, I listened to you, you listened to me, and it was a very, you know, in a way, kind of agree to disagree. But how split now is the society? And I think. Where I agree with you is the anger and the frustration that we both face that people are just completely fucking believing everything that they see. Um, so I'm going to forgive for hogging the mic for a moment, but we just recently had a um, an election in Australia uh, where about two-thirds of the country... Uh, voted for climate change action. So instead of me holding the mic, I'm going to hand it to you and say, what's your views of climate change? Uh, do you think the technology's there? Uh, do you think the investment's there? Do you think, or do you think, for example, that, you know, billionaires stand to profit and, and, and the local working man um, is going to get smashed with prices? Like, what's your view on it? Uh, 
Okay. At the end of the day, uh, I would say that I don't see any issue with like, I don't like windmills. I don't like those. Right. I, I'm not a fan of those wind power, solar power, hydropower, like geothermal, all that stuff I'm fine with. Uh, but I'm not really say an expert in it to know whether those things are bad for the environment or not. Like it, to me, it's no different than like, I know that people complain about the windmills cause they break down or then like people stop servicing them and they kill, I don't know. There's something that it does with the bird population and shit like that. And it pretty much, you know, you have to take pretty good land and put that shit there instead. Um, but I'm fine with solar and stuff, I guess. But I think to me, it's, um, I don't think that their push is for anybody's benefit except themselves, which if that's just the trend it is. In my view, you always see rich people telling other people how they should behave and how they should use energy and how they, you should, how they should use green energy. And you're doing a favor if you cut back on all your consumption and all, and all this other shit, which is okay, fine. You want to be environmentally conscious, do that. Are they environmentally conscious? Look at this well, fucking world economics. Yeah, exactly. They don't give a, they don't give a flying fuck. If they cared, they would have flew on an econ economy class seat. You know what? Fuck it. Business class, first class, whatever. They would have flown with a bunch of other people. No, they, they, they decide not to do that. They don't want to do that. They all want to fly in their private jets and they're fucking they sail on their private yachts and they have their mega mansions and all this other crap. But hey, man, if you're poor and living in a one bedroom apartment, you better watch your fucking energy consumption because you're causing climate change. To me, it's, 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 I don't. I do not think there is anything genuine coming out of them. They will take a genuinely good intention thing and twist it to give themselves more authority, right? Like, yeah. To me, you get to a stage where then the government says, "Oh well, you know, we're going to have to turn the power off every now and again," right? Like what they kind of do in Nigeria, but I think that's because of their. Um, there's so many people using it that the grid can't handle it, I think, or something like well, that. They so haven't, they have to give it a break. They haven't invested. They didn't invest properly in their electricity grids for decades. So what yeah. they do is, like other countries, well, in Nigeria is a bit different because they've got so much oil. Yeah. And the oil is subsidized. So the one time that they had full-blown rice was when they tried to mess with the subsidy of the oil. Mm. So people just put that in their, in their generators to, yeah. to keep the lights on. So everyone's got generators in the house, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but that's a but different yeah, look, threat, I mean, right? Yeah. To me, it's uh, right. like self-sustaining. You want to put solar panels on your fucking roof or you want to do something like that. I'm all for that, right? I think being able to be self-sufficient is is the is the way to go. Um, but then I don't even really know what goes into these solar panels. Don't they need all these batteries and stuff? And then these you, know, you can't dispose solar of the batteries and shit? You know, it takes 10 years to be carbon neutral for solar panels. Actually, the black thing on the solar panels is like a form of coal charcoal. But the actual solar panel when they're made, because a lot of the times they're made in China on coal-fired power plants and everything yeah. like that and the materials and everything like that. So when you actually break it down on the carbon emissions used to make it and transport it and fucking install it and everything like that, um, it takes about 10 years to be carbon neutral. The windmills, actually, I agree with you. One of the, it, because they can't recycle them. 
I mean, you see it in California, like also in Texas, like, yeah. And I, I, for the life of, I actually want to research this. I, for the life of me, can't understand why you can't recycle. Do you know why? I don't. I think if you put them out in the ocean, it's fine. Because if they sink, then the fish will have something they can play with. But yeah, well, they're already fucking ingested enough plastic from fishing nets anyway. So I think um, a big that's another major problem that I've got. I actually think. One of the most pressing things at the moment is actually sustainable fishing because the I watched a really interesting doco on it. Um, like I forgot it was Netflix maybe it was on, and about how the guy really researched it. And he goes, "Look, we were always told like don't use plastic straws because we're killing the environment and everything like that." And there's this like uh, in the Atlant- Atlantic Ocean or Indian Ocean, there's this fucking island of waste, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's like yeah, the size yeah. of half of Texas. Um, and my buddy's actually part of the charity that's cleaning it up and they make little, like, bracelets out of the plastics that you buy and you wear it on your wrist and whatever. So it's, there's action being taken against it. But one of the main things is actually it's fishing nets. And also one of the main problems is, like, these international trawlers, what they do is, and, like, my... um. My grandma's side of my dad, so like my dad's mum, all the way back a fisherman in Scotland, right? Mm-hmm. Like old generational, gen- and so they they were fishing in sort of the North Sea and everything like that. But bro, for like hundreds of years, and and they were they were made a living off it, right? They weren't look, they obviously weren't rich, but they they had enough to to get by. Um, but it was sustainable fishing. It was like small little fishing trawlers that would go out get enough for them to eat and then sell a little bit and make money and, and it was sustainable fishing. And then one of the problems and, and the reason for Brexit and what's actually still hugely uh, contentious is that um, they weren't able to, under European law, to fish in their own waters in Britain anymore or a limited amount. Yeah. Uh, and they since, when they had the, that negotiations, they're still letting some French uh, fisher, fishermen go in those waters. So all those towns slowly kind of died out because they just, you know, it was unsustainable. But that's one of the problems now is they just basically get these huge nets and drag along. So even when you try to eat your tuna and you think you're eating sustainable tuna, it's not sustainable tuna at all because they've taken out half the eco-environment just to get your tuna on the plate. Um, so I actually think for me on an environmental perspective, I think that's the most pressing because it's something we can address and do something about immediately. But uh, from my point of view, what I found most interesting, bro, was um, I actually went went and I asked everyone that I knew. So let's say 20, 30 people, everyone I'm out and about, if I strike up conversations with with everyone, um, out of general curiosity, I say, okay, well, you voted for climate change. Um, How do you think it's going to be implemented? How do you think it's going to be research? How do you think it's going to be funded? Uh, what technologies would you use? Uh, how are we going to change it? Because 80% plus of our power on the east, or east eastern coast of Australia is coal, right? So where I am, it's 80-something percent. Up north, it's 89% still coal and, and then renewables. And Bar, one of my mates, Christian, who actually had some idea, no one knew anything. No one knew anything. They voted 
for I guess we need to be the the moral standard of the world, which in itself kind of reeks a bit of like, you know, white privileged imperialism if we want to go down that path. What so we benefited off a couple hundred years of industrialization and now we're going to be leading the world and the Chinese are going to listen to us and the Indians are going to listen to us and America's going to turn around and say, oh, fuck, look at the Australians. They're leading the way, right? Because mm-hmm. it really worked well in COVID when we tried to ask the Chinese where COVID came from. Half our economy went. So now they're going to listen to us in an environmental perspective. Well, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, what fascinated me is no one even read the policies. So it comes down to a very simple point. If you don't know what you voted for, then why did you vote for them? And in where I live, it was the first time that the what you would call the conservative, prob- probably, probably Republican equivalent, but more, I guess, like a moderate Republican as opposed to the far right side of the party, like a very moderate Republican style. So first time since Federation, which is 1901, that they lost. And they lost to these uh, very wealthy, white, hyper-privileged women who get this, Rob, their platform is to represent minorities, to represent climate, to represent the LGBTQIA community and climate, right? They kicked out two to three gay people, uh, one Aboriginal person and one uh, Asian person, right? So they kicked out all the minorities oh, and a Jewish person as well. So they kicked out all the minorities to be replaced by wealthy middle-aged white women who were backed by the son of a billionaire who's heavily invested in renewables, right? This is all fact, right? And then mobilised to their credit, right, the people within the neighbourhoods did a fantastic campaign, um, really changed it up, door knock, everything like that, like, well done. I actually kind of deserved to win off the basis of the way that they did it. But then they had policies that no one even read. So this lady that got elected, right, her policy was to put a capital gains tax on the family home when you sell it, and on top of that, to increase the land tax by about nine to ten grand a year. So yes. again, like no one even read the policies. I talked to my friend that his whole family voted for them. He was like, "We had no idea that Simon Holmes of Court was backing this with his climate two hundred. We've read up and all is done. It's like a little bit like, what the heck's going on?" Anyway, mate, I'll hand it over to you, bro, for your thoughts. I, I mean, does it really surprise you? Legitimately speaking, does it really surprise you that people don't know what they're voting for? Yes. Really? Yes. It's very, yeah. Okay, I say it's a very different culture than in, 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 in the U.S. Most of the time, nobody knows what they're voting for. You, know, you just, But for local elections, it's a little different. Um, you kind of just vote for the person you you like or trust kind of thing, right? Like my local, my local state congresswoman, or maybe she's a state senator now. I don't know. Actually, I had a Democratic state um, senator. I liked him a lot, actually. He was a really nice guy. I voted for him. And I'm Republican. But that's usually what happens, right? And actually, in the U.S., you vote based who you like when it comes to the small, like, local state elections. But when it's national elections, you vote by party. Is generally how it goes, but I've mm. had uh, 
yeah, I don't remember his name. He was a really good guy. I liked him a lot. He actually became something. He moved. He moved up. Actually, he did quite well for himself within the state of Pennsylvania. And he was a good guy. He helped me out a couple times with some like personal stuff, uh, like that you needed, it, like county county things. And he was he he was helpful. I liked him a lot. And, but my congressman was uh, well. My congressman was Democrat. I never actually. I never saw him. I actually saw the congressman who was in the county right next door to me because I lived right on the border between Philadelphia County and another county. Um, yeah. He was Republican. I fucking that guy was dying. He was a dime. He was really good. He was a real. Everyone who ever met him really liked him. He was he really. What made them so good? You could just tell that they were more concerned about what was happening locally. I mean, of course, they had to go to D.C. and stuff. Right. But they. It's just a level of common sense, man. It's like. You can go into politics. Like, I don't think you have to be smart. You don't have to be smart to be a politician. I would say probably the, the thing that you need the most is you need to have common sense and good morals and the people surrounding you need to be smart. Right. Because you need all your experts and stuff to kind of give you kind of give you advice. You need them to be forthright and smart. I mean, you can't be stupid, obviously. You can't be a complete idiot, but you have to have like common sense and common uh, some kind you of need, understanding. You need of a team. Hmm? Yeah. You need you need a team like yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the prime minister the prime minister now in the election campaign, he didn't know the unemployment rate in the country. Like literally, he he did not know the unemployment rate of Australia. And he's been elected prime minister. I don't think he even knew the cash rate for interest rates. So, and then when you talk to people on that topic, they're like, well, at least he's going to have a team. The team's going to manage it. So, yeah, in that sense, the team is important to, to back it up. I mean, if I would say unemployment is a huge concern in Australia and he doesn't know that basic fundamental, then, he's, then he doesn't have common sense. Like just that basis alone, he's, he's lazy as fuck. Like, how can you go and do talks and give speeches? And again, I don't know. I don't know what your situation is in Australia in terms of unemployment. But if well, that's I mean, something... our, our, our unemployment at the moment is like 3.9 or it's high threes. Is that, is that um, historically high in Australia? Historically low. Okay. It's historically low. It's that's why I don't give a fuck. fuck. <laughs> but what's then interesting, though, is what's interesting, though, is that... Um, I have the parliament on the parliament when they debate in parliament on during the day when, when I'm working at home. Yeah. And the and the ex-prime minister would say the unemployment rate like fucking every sitting. And he's sitting opposite him. It's like, well, you're not listening to him for like the whole entire the whole entire time. Like it's just mental. So I guess we'll um yeah, 3.9% is uh what Aussie is at the moment. And I so, understand, right? But he's he has the common sense in the terms of he's playing to what he probably thinks. Hey, look, it's tip, it's typical, it's typical politician shit when they're not genuine people. That's all. It's it's the it's the cop it's the copy paste of U.S. politics and European politics. It's all the same shit. Look at no, the we're, fucking. We're, we're following Macron. America exactly. We're following America exactly. Uh, not not just America, dude. Look at France. Same thing. Look who they elect. Oh, the first yeah, line. Then I mean, no, it, it's it's different because 
me. Le, Le Pen is like Le Pen's father was like full Nazi. Like right. you can't judge people. People don't have that. The option Bro. here was like against a guy that was a Pentecostal Christian ex marketing guy and a unionist. You know, it's not the same. The it's, same thing. But what's interesting for us is your squad uh, that you have in the states, which is like pushing your squad, Bernie Sanders, pushing that like hyper. Uh, left of politics. That's what now in Australia we've seen. Australia's gone really left. Um, well, luckily, and, I would say we haven't. We have people who are, but there's a lot of blowback right now. So, well, this, this is what's going to be interesting in Australia because we're we're essentially two years behind you in the sense that the people just didn't like the prime minister, and it was similar to Trump. So, a third of the population like the current Prime Minister and, and, and voted for him, maybe a little bit less than a third, but a significant amount of the population still liked him and, and voted for him. Um, but, yeah, it was just a huge swing against him, huge swing. Um, so, But then also we really saw, like I was saying before, the people that were voted in for my electorate are like super left. Um, yeah. the, our treasurer... Our, our last treasurer got voted out for the first time and got 100 years as well, super left. Um, the Greens Party, which used to be super left and now looked at as moderates, but they're, they're still like stop all fossil fuels and coal and everything like that. Interestingly enough, they're not calling for the cessment of metallurgical coal. So they're still going to allow metallurgical coal exports but they want everything else banned. But then it's crazy because a guy, Adam Bennett, who's their leader, comes on and he goes, oh, even the gas uh, projects that have been approved, we're just going to stop them. And then this is on, like, the left radio, the left programs. They're like, but wouldn't you have to pay compensation? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, look, the government can just introduce some things that we don't have to. And so he goes on about how he's going to stop gas and coal. And then... Like, bro, five minutes later, he starts talking about using gas for power. You're like, bro, make up your mind. <laughs> make up your fucking mind. <laughs> Which way is it? It's either nothing or it's, it's going the way it is. All right, so we've just got a warning for nine minutes left from the good people of Zoom. So I think uh, next thing before we end, uh, inflation. Everyone's getting hit. Higher inflation, higher petrol costs, higher food, food shortages, heat waves, interest rate risings. Do you think at what time, if you do, that the middle classes of the Western countries are going to be thrown to the wall, if not half wiped out? What's uh, what's your thoughts? Do you think, nah, it's all bogus and it's bullshit and they're going to be fine and pull through? Happy days. Definitely not fine to pull through. Bro, if you look back at our previous podcasts, I said before, before even now we're seeing inflation everywhere in the news, I told you the next crisis will probably be financial crisis. And this is what's yeah. going to happen. It's happening, one would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think it's gotten as bad as it will yet. And that's the general feeling from, from people. I think people are going to lose a lot of value in their homes. People are going to lose a lot of value. If you've invested in talks, 
tech stocks and all these other, you know, consumer, consumer companies and things like that, you're going to lose money. If you invest in McDonald's, you'll make money. Fun fact, in 2008, they made a fuck ton of money because nobody had any, any cash. So they would all go to McDonald's to buy cheap food. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think people are going to get smacked, smacked hard. I think more countries are looking internal. The whole globalization thing seems to be sort of put on a, on a standstill right now. It seems like everybody's in it for themselves or trying to survive on their own, uh, unless they can't. Or a new, why you new potential Cold War with, uh, you know, like China, Russia is one block and what do you mean the West is the other. It's, it, it's always been going on. I, 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 I don't know what you mean by new. To me, there's always been, maybe it's not as, as like it was back in the, um, the previous one, but uh, it, it's always been there. Growing up in the U.S., I knew that there was always this, uh, a stigma against Russia and China, but more so Russia than China. And now it's just going to get further inflamed. But it's always been there. We've ne it's never been like a, I wouldn't I would never say it was ever healthy competition. No, I, I think in Australia, it was, it's only the last. It's only the, look, it's, it's probably since COVID that it's really soured. Um, and I think before then there was a general. Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, you know what? They're probably going to take advantage of us, but they're putting a lot of money in and they're propping up our economy and they're kind of leaving us alone. And, you know, we're just doing business and, you know, there's a million Chinese migrants here and so like They're really, like, beautiful people, you know, or beautiful neighbours, like, you know, come in, work hard, get along well and everything like that. So there was very much, a, um, yeah, like, there was a really kind of good vibe. And, mate, I've travelled through the whole of China. I've, I've literally like traveled from Beijing to Tibet, all through the southern provinces. Um, the only place I haven't been is to Inner Mongolia, and yeah, just really, it's a really like they're beautiful people, man. They're super friendly and everything like that. Not entirely sure that I like their culture of just spitting everywhere in the street, but other than that, mate, like yeah. So, uh, and in a sense, like I don't think we really saw it coming. Uh, until sort of COVID hit and Australia's, whether rightly or wrongly, made the mistake of asking where did it actually all come from. But, um, yeah, I think state. in terms of now, 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 we've got, now we've got a Navy base basically on our doorstep and, you know, everyone's saying it was the last government's fault, but when you look into it, we put billions of dollars to keep the Solomon Islands guy uh, out of a civil war and in there and didn't work and even Mike Pence offered him the world and he told him to fuck off, so... There's not much we can do. So, yeah, look, I, I, it's it's sad, man, because I really think globally we're going to go through huge troubles and food shortages and inflation and financial crisis and everything like that. Like, I would really like us to see more coming together than being divided, so to speak. Nah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think the human condition is always sort of to be divided. I'd say we had a pretty good run. To be honest, I mean, of course, they. I, I think the idea is to have a one one world governance is what they would love, right? These, uh, these Mate, Davos speaking people. of which, but if we're um, going down that path, I saw that um, one of the ideas floated by that one world government people was to have your credit card only work within five kilometers of your home. Now, I don't, I don't necessarily wholeheartedly believe it, but um, it is interesting that we're only there five kilometers from our home during COVID in Melbourne. Make of it what you wish, but um, 
it's probably a control that they wanted to put on it if they want to. The idea is, is that they can, it's no different than the Pfizer guys saying, oh, we can put a biochip inside pills. We give schizophrenics. So we know if they're taking their medication or not. Of course, when you word it that way, it sounds very nice. We're going to make sure schizophrenics are taking their medication. But once you open that door, you know, who's to say it won't go to other things? Yeah, look, again, I mean, whilst I would never want to be an alarmist, I think Joe Rogan summed it up perfectly. He said it's a fantastic time in human history to be a conspiracy theorist because there's so much ammunition. And, and even people like myself that, you know, aren't, there is in the back of your mind like so much shit is happening at once. Well, can what I ask you a question? What the fuck is going on? Why wouldn't you be a conspiracy theorist? Putting away the people who think we're all governed by lizards, everything they've called has been correct. And it's the fact yeah. that the people who are at these forums are happily going up there and telling you, we want you to own nothing and you'll be happy because if you're not fucking happy, they're probably going to ship you off somewhere. We want you guys to eat bugs. No more eating meat. You're going to eat fucking ground up maggots and worms. And that's going to be your new source of protein. We're going to cut you off from the best energy source we have to give you renewables. And it's your fault. Everything's falling apart. Not our fault. Why we fly around in our private jets. All these fucking wars, the food shortages. Look up all these plants that are mysteriously all catching on fire. The baby formula shortage, all this shit, dude. It's all man-made. Everything is man-made. And to assume, like, all these problems could be solved very quickly. Look at the amount of food wastage we have in the U.S. What about all of the, the bridge and road problems we have in the U.S.? But we're perfectly happy sending $40 billion to Ukraine on some fucking bullshit bill with, with almost zero oversight of where the money is going. You see this kind of stuff all flowing around, and you know there's is absolute crap. The people at the top are only looking out for themselves, and there's probably people above them who are going to fuck them over eventually. Who knows? But you see all the way it's going. It's it's they're the ones who have been correct. The people who legitimately have faith in the systems are wrong. There's there's no faith to be had anywhere. Oh, they won't have vaccine pay. Oh, they won't go that far. Of course they will. They're all talking about it now. They're starting alliances, travel alliances. Oh, let's have special passports so we can track where everybody's going. All these kind of things. Slowly eroding away national and individual sovereignty, making it a one world system of watching what everybody's doing. It's and it's incredible how fast it's moving and people still don't want to think it's happening. And it's, it's blowing right past you. Really, you've already missed the train. First step was COVID. They showed you that a disease that killed about just as many people as influenza did in past years that mysteriously disappeared has shown that people are really willing to give up every every right they have over right, so a you've little got one, bit of fear. Keep going, but you've got one minute left before the recording cuts off. So what's your what's your what's your final thoughts? I think we're just unless uh, people we're kind wise of up, we're all fucked. Yeah. And I don't bank on people wising up. So brace yourselves. That's that's my my theory. Yeah, I th I think even like I, was, I I believe in hope and humanity, but even for me, mate, I think. Shit's getting pretty fucking real pretty quickly. And even like I said, as a neutralist, I'm a little bit scared myself. All right, brother. I think that's about it, mate. So hey, I really love you. I'm a best friend. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, I look forward to sharing it with the people and uh, next weekend podcast. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Well, Thanks, brother. See you, See you dude. dude.